Austin Riley is officially back as he helps Sparker Rally to come back and walk off the Los Angeles Dodgers on a Wednesday night. We'll talk about that and much more on today's episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also, check out my written work over at bravestoday.com. Haven't written much over there this week because I've been covering the SEC baseball tournament, but going to turn that into a lot of draft coverage for you as we get closer to the draft make sure you follow the podcast on twitter at locked on underscore brave send in any comments questions or feedback that you have for the podcast always enjoy hearing from you the listener and thank you so much for all your support and making lockdown braves your first listen of each and every day and a big shout out to some of my everydayers who have let me know lately lady braves 1993 matthew browning taylor parker daniel fowler rob tonnell whole family rob says is an everydayer jamal martin jordan who rarely comments but did comment to let me know so i appreciate that jordan george smith docs cards vote from 518 jaybird dougie who's a pretty much every episode listener thank you so much for all support and being part of the everyday gang here on locked on braves on today's podcast we're going to talk about the four to three walk-off win austin riley being back it's official been Seeing signs of him coming out of it lately, but I think he is indeed back. So we'll talk about that, Bryce Elder's performance, and then we'll talk about the Braves and their NLE standings when we go through the league on this Thursday and how the Braves really didn't lose much of anything over this tough stretch they went through against winning teams. So all that on today's episode. And Dylan Dodd returning as well. We'll get to that at the end of this episode. But let's jump into Wednesday's walk-off win against the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Braves avoid getting swept. They do salvage a game in that series, a really rough one for them that looked like it was going to be just tragic as they almost blew it on Wednesday, but they do get the 4-3 to three win. I want to get into Austin Riley, but I want to talk about Bryce Elder first because the guy just continues to do it each and every time. He even said it after the game. He's like, I know I don't have great stuff, but I just go out there and continue to, to battle and see what happens. And, I mean, it's just – it really is remarkable what he has done for this Braves team this year. And, again, I keep saying it. We're waiting on the regression. It's not coming, and, and I think it will come at some point. He's going to have a game here where he gives up four or five earned runs and just kind of gets shelled a little bit. But – it hasn't come yet, and thankfully not, because the Braves need it. On Wednesday, six innings did allow seven hits, but the key here, and I talked about this on the postcast, six singles. The one run he gave up came on a solo home run from Mookie Betts. If you're going to give up some singles here or there and get some double play balls as he did, you're not going to hit anybody or walk anybody, although he did that once each on this night as well then you're still going to have a lot of success. So, again, another really good performance for Elder against a very good Dodgers lineup. It had been a week since this Dodgers offense scored fewer than five runs in a game. They were on an absolute heater coming into this series. This Dodgers offense, one of the best in baseball, and they are coming off a stretch where, again, they had scored five or more in their last week of baseball. So a really great job 
my Bryce Elder. He's gone at least five innings and every start this year, and he's given up two earned or less in eight of uh, eight of those ten starts, a 1.84 ERA and 1.13 WHIP in May. Again, at a very crucial time where the rotation is banged up, Bryce Elder has been the one to step up and and help out in that rotation. He's third in Major League Baseball in ERA overall at 2.01. Again, you talk about players who are, and again, Grant McCauley says this all the time, he's no longer an unsung hero because we keep singing his praises, but he's somebody coming into the year, wasn't even in the rotation. And I said this in spring training, not necessarily because of anything that he did. It's just that Dodd and Schuster were that impressive in spring training. But I always thought Bryce Elder was the safe pick. I never thought he would be pitching to this level as he has for nearly two months now. I mean, we're almost two months into the season, and he still has an ERA around two. So just another incredible job by Bryce Elder. Ozzy gets the walk-off sack fly. I love that this game ended with a little bit of small ball. You had the first three runs in this game for the Braves coming off a couple of home runs, but again, weren't really able to piece anything together and manufacture runs. But when it mattered, when the game was on the line, they were able to do so and play a little small ball. Austin Riley led things off with a double. We'll get into that swing here more in a minute. Travis Darno, an outstanding at bat, just punching the ball the other way to move Riley to third. I, I know I get it. I'm a little bit of a nerd when it comes to some of this, you know, inside baseball, small ball type stuff. I know everybody loves the home runs and they're great. I love them too. But seeing what Travis Darno did, that's the kind of stuff that gets me jumping off the couch. And then Ozzy Albies fouling off some tough pitches until he got one that he could drive out to right field for the sack fly and the walk-off winner. Ronald Acuna Jr. already going to get the cooler before the ball was even caught in right field. Uh, love that as well from Ronnie. He loves to celebrate these moments with his teammates, and I love that about him. Now let's get into Austin Riley because – I'm officially saying he's back. I'm hesitant to do it because I don't want to jinx it, but you look at his last 10 games now. He's 13 of 38. That's a 342 average, five doubles. He had four doubles in the series alone against the, against the Dodgers. One home run, three doubles, and nine strikeouts, again, in his last 10 games. And it's really the four doubles in this past series. I, I talked about in the series before this that you could see little signs. You know, he was starting to get some hits, to fall in here or there. You'd see him start to get a little bit of lift, but it's this series for me. It's the four doubles. You're seeing him now consistently getting under that pitch down and in. When I did my deep dive on Austin Riley and talked about what's really plaguing him, it was those off-speed pitches down and in. He kept rolling over on top of them, hitting them pretty hard, but driving them into the dirt for easy ground balls, a lot of double plays that he's hit into. Now he's starting to get to those pitches down and in, and he's able to get the lift on them to drive him into the left center field gap or down into the left field corner as we saw him do in this game. So that, to me, points to Riley being back more than anything, that we're starting to see him get the launch angle on those pitches down and drive them into left field. That's great. I think the home runs are going to start coming here soon. So for me, again, it's a 10-game sample size now, and Austin Riley has a 342 average. To me, that singles somebody or that signals somebody that is breaking out of a slump. So that is great to see. I mentioned a couple of home runs in this game, one by Olsen, one by Ozuna. Both of them hit over 450 feet. Braves hitters do not 
hit cheapies. They absolutely crush baseballs when they hit home runs. Olsen's landing on top of the chop house. And is Olsen back? It's not quite to the level to rally, but in his last nine, nine games, his numbers are somewhat similar. Nine for 34, 265 average. Again, not great, but you'll take that from Matt Olsen. But it's the extra base hits, four doubles, three home runs, just three walks for him, but 10 strikeouts. Again, very similar numbers to Riley in one fewer game. I went nine games back with Olsen, 10 games back with Riley. But again, I still believe you're seeing signs from Olsen. Now, this wasn't a very great, this wasn't a great series for him. He was a lot better in the previous two series. But again, you're looking at that, you know, nine, 10 game streak stretch now where Olsen's been pretty solid at the plate. I think you'll take a 265 average and seven extra base hits in that nine game span. So Again, I think we're seeing signs of both of those guys getting going. What's not great, what's not going right now is the bullpen. It, it's a problem. And look, I've been hesitant to go to that level on this podcast this year. While a lot of you have been freaking out about it early on, I wanted to give it a little more, bit more time. But I am now to the point where I don't really trust anybody coming out of that bullpen you know, for whatever reason, they've been overworked, and I've made this point throughout the season as well. They were overworked early on in like the first two weeks of the season. They had thrown the second most innings of any bullpen in baseball because starters just weren't going deep in the game. It's when you had Dodd and Schuster in there, and they were constantly leaving the game early. So I think that was part of it. And now you got these bullpen games that are overworking the bullpen as well. So I think that's, again, a contributing to it, but they're also just not getting it done. And I tweeted this out, and I think some people maybe took it the wrong way, but we're using Jesse Chavez in the seventh inning of a 3-1 game against the Los Angeles Dodgers. And when I tweeted that, I didn't mean it as a slight necessarily to Jesse Chavez, who just continues to uh, be a, a magic worker with the Braves somehow. He's, he's been great, and I get it. But the point was, who else do you go to? I mean, Jesse Chavez is one of the maybe few guys that you do somewhat trust right now when he comes out of the bullpen. And, and that was my whole point of that tweet is that that's where the bullpen is right now. Snicker doesn't even trust a lot of these guys coming out of the bullpen to the point where you're using a 39-year-old who's just completely getting by on deception and maybe a little bit of luck. And he had some good luck in this one as well. As Freddie Freeman stung a ball right to Matt Olson for a double play to help him get out of that seventh inning. But that's just where this bullpen is right now. It's really Nick Anderson who struggled tonight and allowed the, the Dodgers to tie the game up, and it's Rysel Iglesias that are the two guys that you trust. And, again, Anderson's now given up three runs in his last two outings. I still trust him. And the hit he gave up to Vargas tonight, I mean, it was a foot in off the plate. He put himself in that situation for that swing to deliver a game-time hit, but a little bit of bad luck there. But, I mean, those are really the two guys right now, Anderson and Iglesias, that I think you can somewhat trust when you call their name out of the bullpen. So it's not great. I still believe those guys can get it going, specifically Minter. I did a deep dive on him. I, I, you know, I've been very clear about what I think his issues are right now and how he can work around that. But you got to see it first. Colin McHugh, he's the one I'm probably worried about the most right now. He's just not very good. He's not very effective joe jimenez kirby yates they're getting the strikeouts i think they're close i could see a path of them becoming efficient relievers once again but again they're still just not consistent kirby yates too many walks joe jimenez getting hit too hard when he leaves the pitch over the plate so it's not ideal again it's still two months into the season but 
we're getting to the point now where maybe you do have to start thinking about making some moves for that bullpen. A couple of great defensive plays I wanted to talk about because yesterday I highlighted how bad the defense was. Apparently y'all didn't like that because it's one of the least viewed videos I've had in a long time, but I would appreciate if you go back and give that a listen and see just all the defensive uh, stats for the Braves that are really bad. But again, my conclusion of that, just to give you the cliff notes, was my main concerns are third base, second base, and first base. Those to me are the big problem areas. And on this night, on Wednesday, you saw a couple of great plays from Austin Riley, which I said in the podcast yesterday, anything in his bubble, he generally gets to. And that was the case on Wednesday. And then Matt Olson with a great play as well, as I mentioned, the line drive double play off the bat of Freddie Freeman. So great to see the defense pick things back up on Wednesday night. They're too good to be as bad as they've been statistically. And even with the eye test defensively, that's got to turn around. And then finally, Michael Harris breaks out of his hitless streak, gets a hit in that uh, ninth or the eighth inning on Wednesday night. The guy's going to get going. We talked about it before the game. He's been doing some work with Chipper, focusing on, again, what I talked about when I did a deep dive on him this week, driving that ball the other way. He hasn't been doing that this season like he did last year. And it was good to hear that Chipper was talking about that same thing. Made me feel a little bit better about what I talked about the other day on my podcast. So hopefully we see that from Michael Harris soon. I think he's going to break out of it. I do think he's probably closer than a lot of people believe right now. And when he does, again, it's just going to be a huge boost for this offense. All right, next, I'm going to take you around the league on through the league Thursday and tell you how the Braves survived this tough stretch against teams over 500. We'll discuss that next. I'm fortunate enough I work from home, so I get to wear pretty much whatever I want, but now I get to wear Bird Dogs because Bird Dogs is a new sponsor of this show, and I'm so glad that they are because I've been loving the shorts that they send me. They're so comfortable. They keep me cool, which is nice living in the deep south in the summer. It's going to be great to put those on, and they can be comfortable just wearing around the house, outside, wherever I have to go. And that's what great is great as well because I do work from home, but I also have to go out of the house, run errands, take the kids to the school, uh, do a lot of other things around so it's good to be able to have some shorts that are comfortable, that I can work in them at home and be comfortable. And then I don't have to worry about changing when I go out in public because they look good as well. So that's what I love about the Bird Dog shorts that I've been wearing. So go to birddogs.com slash MLB. And when you enter the promo code LOCKEDONMLB, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. Again, that's birddogs.com slash MLB and enter the pro promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. The Braves play Thursday night against the Philadelphia Phillies, starting a four-game series with them that begins at 7.20 p.m. Eastern on Thursday night. Both teams are coming off walk-off wins. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Braves. And if you happen to hear my ad on SiriusXM, uh, please let me know. Would love to know if you're uh, hearing that on the SXM app. Uh, will be great to hear from you on that. Got the Through the League segment coming up today. We'll have our mailbag episode on Friday. Again, had a lot of good stuff earlier in the week. You haven't listened to it. Make sure you go back and do so. I uh, did a breakdown of Michael Harris. I did a breakdown on the Braves defense. And then we had our minor league update on Monday as well. So make sure you go back and give those a listen if you haven't already or if you have 
go back and listen to them again because I thought they were pretty good. And I appreciate all your support that you give me on the podcast and going back and giving those a listen. It is Thursday through the league segment. Going to take you around the league, talk about the standings, power rankings, and some of the league leaders. In the NL East, the Braves are 30-19. and 19. They went 8-9 and nine in that 17-game stretch against winning teams. Just a brutal stretch. Their toughest stretch of the season, they went 8-9. and nine. Not too bad. Obviously, you'd love for them to do a little bit better, you know, have a, a winning record. But 8-9, and nine, with the injuries they have in the rotation, not playing their best, which perhaps that's due to the fact they were playing some really good teams. I'll take 8-9 and nine in that stretch. And they only lost a half game in the division over that stretch. That's a huge win. To have your toughest stretch of the season, you have a losing record, you go 8-9, and nine, and you only lose half a game in the division, that's a big win right there for the Braves, in my opinion. The Marlins are in second place. They're 25-25, and 25, five and a half games back, as are the Mets. Phillies are 23-26, and 26, seven games back as they go into that four-game series this weekend. Nationals 21-28, and 28, nine games back. So that's the NL East. will be a little bit quicker through the rest of the division. The Rays up three games on the Orioles in the AL East. Every AL East team has a plus run differential and a winning record. And the Blue Jays, who swept the Braves in Toronto in a really, really rough series, uh, they've been really rough lately as well. As they've had to go through all those AL East teams and the Rays here over the last week or so. Rangers have been one of the hottest teams in baseball over the last week. They're up three games on the Astros, who are also hot right now. They're eight and two over their last 10 games, with the Rangers still maintaining a three game lead in the AL West. Brewers are up two games on the Pirates in the NL Central. It's the tightest division race as every team is within six games of each other. I mentioned last week the Cardinals starting to heat up. They're six and four in their last 10 games now. So cooled down a little bit, but still. Cardinals are starting to come around. And when we look at some of these league leaders, you're going to see the Cardinals up there in a lot of offensive categories. It's really their pitching that's been hurting them. Dodgers, who the Braves just played, they're on top of the NL West, but the Diamondbacks just one and a half games back. Padres mentioned last time, one of the big news items last week where the Padres having a team meeting been playing bad this year, underperforming. They're three and seven now in their last 10 games, and they're eight games back of the Dodgers in the NL West. Been a rough go of things over there for the San Diego Padres, the darlings of the offseason. Latest power rankings have the Rays at one, the Dodgers at two. I think that's pretty evident after the series we just saw. The Braves at three, Rangers at four. I think maybe you could put the Rangers over the Braves right now at this point. Orioles five, Yankees six, Astros seven with their hot streak. They're moving up. Blue Jays at eight, and they've been a little bit cold lately, so they're moving down. Twins at nine, and those Diamondbacks, like I said, playing good baseball. They're at 10 on this list. Now, league leaders. This week, we're going to look at team stats. So every week, I try to look at something a little bit different so it's not just the same thing every week. This week, we're going to look at team stats. So runs. Rangers are first at 310. They've overtaken the Rays now, who are second at 304 runs. And then it's the Dodgers, Red Sox, and Cardinals. Again, the Cardinals, they score a lot of runs. Their offense is not the problem. The Braves are ninth in all of baseball with 251 runs scored. Home runs, the Rays are still way ahead in that department with 97 home runs. And it's the Dodgers, Braves, Yankees, and Cardinals the top five in home runs. Stolen bases, Rays, top of this one as well with 55 stolen bases. Then it's the Pirates, A's, Guardians, Orioles. The Braves are 15th with 32 
really thought they'd be better in the stolen base department. I think part of that is Michael Harris hadn't been getting on base a lot this year. I thought Von Grissom would be the shortstop back in spring training. I thought he would, uh, you know, benefit from the, the bases and steal some more bags. Ozzy Albies hasn't been the stolen base threat, and I thought he would be so far. So I thought the Braves would be a little bit better in the stolen base department than they have been. It's really just Acuna right now. OPS leaders, the Rays are first in this as well at 847, still way ahead of the Texas Rangers, who are second at 790. And then it's the Braves, Cardinals, and Dodgers. So, you know, pretty definitively, the five best offenses in baseball right now are the Rays, Dodgers, Braves, Cardinals, uh, and then maybe the Dodgers or the Yankees. So pretty clearly, those are your five best offenses at the moment. Switching over to the pitching side, ERA leader are the Houston Astros at 3.23. And then it's the Twins, Mariners, Braves, and Rays. I don't think a lot of people, a lot of Braves fans would think they are top five in ERA right now, but they definitely are. And Braves pitching has been better than I think maybe fans want to believe. Now, Whip, Mariners are first at 1.16. The Twins are second. The Astros third. The Rays fourth. The Rangers fifth. This is where the Braves, maybe why it doesn't feel like they're as good as they have been. They're 12th and whip at 1.27. And strikeouts, the Twins are first. The Braves are second in strikeouts. I probably wouldn't have guessed that either when they've had, you know, Bryce Elder. He doesn't strike out a lot. Max Fried, as good as he is, you know, he's usually around, if not under a K per nine. It's really a lot of strider. Uh, and I really didn't think the bullpen was racking up as many strikeouts as they are as well. But the Braves, second in all of baseball in strikeouts. Astros are third. White Sox are fourth. And the Yankees are fifth. So little as far as news goes around the league, you know, really Will Smith and the Ozuna beef became pretty big news around the league. Ozuna, by the way, did hit him again on Wednesday in that home run that he hit. Now, Will Smith had stood up because the runner was on the move, so – you know, that's why he hit him there, and Ozuna gave him a look back. I don't know what was said, but uh, pretty interesting little conversation there, I guess. Uh, but that's probably one, been one of the biggest stories, biggest storylines around the league, at least the last couple of days. Hall of Fame sports writer Rick Hummel uh, passed away this week, uh, so that was sad news to hear. Rays apparently have a potential buyer, uh, which is interesting, and the A's took another step towards moving to Las Vegas, so that could be happening uh, perhaps in the next several years. Jose Altuve returned for the Astros. That's good to see after the injury that he sustained in the World Baseball Classic. The Orioles acquired Robbie Glendening, uh, who was also in the World Baseball Classic. He got, got him from the Royals and the Braves, put a big yellow patch on their sleeves this past week as well. That was pretty newsworthy, at least in Braves country. But that's your news for the week. Not much there. Next, we'll talk about Dylan Dodd, who's going to return to start on Thursday. But once again, Michael Soroka, I think he's on the cusp of making his return. Could be next week. We'll talk about that next. You remember that 30-day free trial you signed up for 90 days ago? Yeah, me either. I do it all the time, and that's why I had to go out and get Rocket Money. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about. You could be wasting money and not even realizing it. Rocket Money helps you find those forgotten subscriptions so you can stop paying for ones you don't use. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Rocket Money also, uh, over, over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $720 a year. 
Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash MLB. That's rocketmoney.com slash MLB. The Braves did announce after Wednesday, Wednesday's game that Dylan Dodd will come back up to start the game on Thursday. Said this earlier in the week. Every, everything seemed to be pointing to the fact that Dylan Dodd would come back up. Started a question a little bit because Snicker said, we'll see how the game goes on Wednesday, which typically means that it's going to be a bullpen game, but they are going to go with Dylan Dodd. Now the question is, who's the casualty in the bullpen? Mentor's the only one with options, but then that only leaves you with one lefty in the bullpen. Kind of think it's going to be Michael Tonkin. We'll see on Thursday morning whenever they make that move. But Michael Soroka, uh, he's ready. And Alex, you know, a lot of talk about him before Thursday's game, Alex, or you know, Wednesday's game. Alex Anthopoulos went to the game on Tuesday to watch Michael Soroka. He got him over 90 pitches. Braves said that was really kind of the last hurdle for him to see if he could go deep in the game, throw that many pitches. He did. I'm assuming everything looked good and he felt good. The day after, Braves will need a fifth starter again on Monday. We'll see if they go with Soroka there. That's an opportunity where they could use him. Do they give Dylan Dodd another turn in the rotation? Uh, we'll see how that plays out. It's kind of be strange for me if they call up Dylan Dodd for one start on Thursday and then option him back down, which would be the third time they've optioned him already this year. You only get five all season, but Soroka looks ready. The Braves said that he is ready, and now he's just waiting on his opportunities. So, again, we'll see if that comes Monday in Oakland or they wait till he comes home. I don't think they'll wait just to get him his first one back to the home game if he's ready and the Braves need him. But hopefully Dylan Dodd comes up on Thursday and has a really good performance. But, again, Soroka's ready when needed. But it'll be Dylan Dodd on Thursday in game one of a four-game set against the Phillies. For Dylan Dodd, he may want to throw more pitches out of the strike zone in this one. You know, that's been something when he's come up. He's done a great job pounding the zone, but he's getting hit pretty hard when he's in the zone. The Phillies are next to last in chase rate this season, so might want to see Dylan Don throw a few more pitches out of the zone, see if he can get those Phillies batters to chase, especially once he gets to two strikes. Last three starts, egg would net for Dylan Dodd, 12 and a third innings, 19 hits kind of speaking to the fact that when he comes into the zone, he's typically giving up hits only four walks, but again, a lot of hits given up for Dylan Dodd, 12 earned runs, five home runs as well. in those last three starts at Gwinnett and 12 strikeouts. Now his last start with the Braves was a quality one. However, it was against the Marlins in Miami, six innings, eight hits, gave up a lot of hits in that one, three walks, three earned runs, gave up a home run, just one strikeout for Dylan Dodd. So, Again, for him coming up, hopefully you know he's learned as Jared Schuster did uh, from his his starts earlier in the season, and we see him, you know, work work better and be smarter with some of his pitches is the best way that I can say it. And I love the fact that he pounds the strike zone, but when your stuff has been as hittable as his has been, it might be time to live on the edges and maybe outside the zone a little bit with some of those, especially, like I said, against the team in the Phillies who chase a lot of pitches. As for Aaron Nola, he's gone at least six innings in his last seven starts. He's worked into the sixth inning in every start except his first one of the year, so he's been giving the Phillies a lot of length. Now, he has given up two earned or more in all but one start this year, so it's not like they've been, you know, purely dominant outing six, seven innings of shutout baseball. He has been giving up 
a good number of runs. He's given up a home run, just a single home run and six straight starts. So hopefully the Braves can at least get one of those against him on Thursday. Hopefully the offense can give Dylan Dodd plenty of run support. And hopefully Dylan Dodd surprises us all and has another quality start on him. And the Braves can get this divisional series uh, off to a good start with a win on Thursday and get things going, carrying that momentum from the walk-off on Wednesday. It'll be the Braves and the Phillies on Thursday night at 7.20 p.m. Eastern. Dylan Dodd versus Aaron Nola. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Braves. That will do it for this episode of Locked on Braves. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks again to all my everydayers out there. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. You can follow me at Shortstop Ball. Also, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 